do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. Is your headphones aren't working? I can't hear anything in my headphones. Why not? I don't know. Where's that little dial we used to have? There it is. It's right here. Will you turn up my headphones just a little? There we go. Maybe turn them down a little bit. Is that better? That's better. Thank you. All right. We just rolled right through that. So we're, we're not going to cut that out. Cool. That's part of the real Todd and Kathy. Yeah. Having headphones problems. Yes. Um, this is episode number 423, I think. I don't know. Who knows? Let's just assume it is. Uh, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? <laughs> because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. The title of today's show... Wait, before you say that, before you say the title, I will also change that sentence to say the best predictor of a healthy relationship is the individual's self-understanding. Because we're going to talk about relationships, right? We are. And so... The best predictor of a healthy relationship is what? Is is each individual's self-understanding. Because a relationship to me, you can have many relationships, but is usually one-on-one, right? Correct. So... When we're talking about this show and parenting, obviously um, the key is have your own self-understanding and you will be able to understand, relate, and connect with your child in a way that's authentic. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't change when it comes to your partner, your mother, your sister, uh, someone at work. Um, That that truth is a universal principle. True that, woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Quick takes. So did you want to say what the title of this podcast was? Because I interrupted you. The title of the podcast, I think, we never have the title before the show, but today is a little different. I think it's going to be called, How Do I Get My Partner to Dot, Dot, Dot. dot. Mm -hmm. And the idea is because uh, we were fresh off the conference from last week, and there's a lot of people that said, I love this. I love what you have to teach. I feel so good about myself because I came to this conference. How do I get my partner to jump on board? Or So these are the things Todd and I have heard for seven years since we've started this show, because I think we told you guys last week that the most common question we get, either email-wise or when we go out and speak together, is how do I get my partner to do this, mm-hmm. whatever this means? How do I get my partner to read the books I'm reading? How do I get my partner to change? How do I get my partner to show up for these events? How do I get my partner to listen to your podcast? How do I get my partner to understand me? Yep. So there is some variation, or sometimes it's all of the above. Yep. We've heard that since day one. Yep. And um, I've been kind of asking you, mm-hmm. sweetie, for help and how to answer that question. But before we get to the gist of the show, so here is my quick take. Okay. Um, I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, and I don't know if you can either, but when something is amiss in your house, like a dishwasher breaks, yeah. or there's a big bin that needs to go to the attic, yeah. unless I do it like literally within 24 hours, mm-hmm. I get... Like, let's say, because I, I have this, like mm-hmm. there's stuff that needed to go up in the attic. Since the conference, yes. Since the conference. Mm-hmm. And unless I do it right away, I don't, after a day, you get used to that thing being there. You don't see it anymore. It's kind of like a sock that's on the floor. Correct. And you're like, ah, I don't want to get that sock. I'll get it next time. Because mm-hmm. um, it's heavy. The longer, <laughs> the longer it takes, the more time that transpires, the harder it is to do that thing. Yeah. Like I either am all in right in the beginning, like the dishwasher, 
because we have a dishwasher, the whole front panel <laughs> came <laughs> off. Came off. No, what's so funny is, first of all, Todd, <laughs> you know, you guys know with money and Todd, Todd's always like wanting the big deal. But on the dishwasher, because a dishwasher, dishwasher and a washer and dryer for clothes are vitally important to me. Because yeah. these are just things that, first of all, I never had yeah. for a long time. So once I could get them, I'm like, let's get something good, right? Yeah. So we got, so Todd's like, all right, we got the good dishwasher. Well, it sure looks good and it's quiet, but dude, it's been falling apart for- the reason that we got I totally like spurged like you know a cheap dishwasher is like whatever did four, you say spurged splurged <laughs> okay uh, cheap dishwashers I don't know 400 bucks right. and I like doubled it like I spent like $900 wow. on this stupid thing I had thing. no idea and I, I don't I want to say the name I don't know no don't Listen but I it. got a really expensive one and the reason is because our ones before that we've always had <laughs> we've had bad dishwashers the, well we've had the dishwashers that where it's not built into the counter yes you'd have to it was on wheels and I'd have to hook it hook a hose up to the sink yes and and before that we just didn't have one. Right. So we would just have to wash all the dishes. That's what I mean is when you grow up and we were like still, we were like 38, yeah. we still didn't have it. But once we got to a place where it's like, okay, we can actually invest in this dishwasher. It's like heaven mm -hmm. to like have a quiet dishwasher that you don't have to hook up to the sink. I mean, even thinking about it brings me a lot of joy mm -hmm. because even though the dishwasher, because the story you're telling is the whole panel came off, yeah. it's still working. It still works. And it looks like it's some futuristic old school at the same time dishwasher now because like the red lights are still there, right? but there's no like words, panel. there's yeah. no panel uh -huh. and it kind of looks cool. I know. Maybe we should just leave. It works. I know. Like what's the big deal? I don't know. Um, so anyways, I, that, that dishwasher on the wheels where I had to hook it up oh every single oh time. And I, I just had room, remove it from the wall, the wall yeah. wheel it over to the sink, plug the stupid hose in and that you, never worked right. I was going to say, and if you didn't hook that on right, then water would spray All everywhere. over the place. And it was so loud. Oh like you couldn't even have a conversation. And we would have to do it at night. Mm -hmm. in, but even that was a pain because you could hear it from bed. From and when we were in bed. Total first world problems. I, right. We understand I that. It is first But world. it is kind of, you know, it's that's our world. It's funny. Well, and let me turn that around because you're right. Some people may be like, I'm still washing dishes in the sink. And and that it's what it is, is I, I want to express my joy and my appreciation for having these things. Like, because I did go through the majority of my life without it. And so when you get something that makes your life easier, like the washing machines that we bought, what? a year ago, mm -hmm. two years ago. Mm -hmm. Before that, we would always have either broken down washing machines or I'd have to go to a laundromat or we had hand-me-down washing machines that were really bad. So when we bought our own washing machines at the age of 43 mm -hmm. or whenever, I would literally sit in that laundry room and be like, look. I know. And have. I remember um, that you'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> we can go down a, a rabbit hole here. But I just remember you're like, how old do we have to be to, yes. to get to the point where yes. we have a nice dishwasher and a nice washer and dryer. And that and that's why it is a first world problem because there's people who don't ever have access to that. But then it's also the idea of when in, in your life do you say, this is something that is meaningful to me and I would rather spend money here and give up this, this, and this to have this right. as a daily investment in our family and my day. Because think about how much time these things have saved us. Yeah. And how much joy they've brought yeah. me, yeah, at right? least. I mean, I know, I think they brought you joy too. But anyway, you're talking about boxes from the conference. They're lining our whole hallway. Mm -hmm. And 
I agree with you. We keep walking by them. Now, one reason I keep walking by them is we have weird roles where no, I just assume job. it's yours. Of course it is. Yeah. Yes. And fixing dishwashers is also my job. So I'm not like saying we, this is a we problem. This is a Todd problem. So anyways, I woke up today and I wanted to be productive. So I actually did some research on the stupid dishwasher and I carry the things up to the attic. You did? Yeah. I haven't been upstairs. So oh, actually I was upstairs and I didn't even notice. Yeah, you didn't notice. Um, and that's interesting. I, I also think that it is funny what you said about the sock or walking around it, because if you notice the big stuff, you're right. I'm, I'm not really... I end up walking around the bins, but the little stuff I see everywhere. I know. And at nighttime, when I've already done a big quick cleanup yeah. of like wiping the table, I don't like crumbs on things. I don't like to put my arm on a table and have crumbs all over my arm. I don't like um, when people are just leaving cups everywhere mm -hmm. and like they're just leaving stuff like I have this front table that has all of these kind of intentions for our home. And then people will put like their backpack on it. I'm yeah. like, no, 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 this is- <laughs> Sacred this is, space. This is sacred space. And so I I clean all that up. So I do see those things. When you just talked about crumbs on table, I, I think of like, you know, that's just, you don't like that feeling when right. you're like Sense, trying to eat, like put your mm -hmm. hands on your table and mm -hmm. you're trying to eat your food right. and you're feeling crumbs. I have a memory of my childhood um, when I would- not plan this out, but I'd be chewing a big wad of like bubble yum yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. And then something would happen and somebody would hand me like a candy bar or a cracker or a cookie. And I would like try to do them both at the same time. With gum? Yeah. Bad idea. Do, do you ever have this memory where food would get in your gum? Oh yeah. Yeah. But I think that's a childhood thing. It, but I don't remember <laughs> the how that happened. Like I didn't, I don't, maybe I was like eating food and then stuck gum in my mouth and there was like remnants left over? That's my experience. Because that's what I was going to say is I think I did mine in the opposite order. Like I'd eat something and then I'd put gum in my mouth and I'd be like, oh, this gum is getting stuck on everything yeah, in my right. teeth. Yeah, Anyways. All right. How do I get my partner to, to dot, dot, dot? I have a few thoughts. We, we I don't even know where we're going to go here. Okay. Do you, did you want to start or do you want me to start? <sighs> Let me get centered here. Okay. I think I want to get started. Okay, go ahead. So this goes both ways. Actually, both ways, men and women. Men come up to me and say how to get my wife to dot, dot, dot. And let's and, say, let's be all, because this is the truth in all situations, women who have women partners true. and men who have men partners. Yep. Part, let's just talk about partners. Yeah. Because really it's how do I get the person I love the most, who yep. I've chosen to live my life with and my home with, how do I get them to do what I'm doing? So I have a few ideas. Um, and this goes back to, we saw Shafali last night, mm -hmm. Shafali Sabari, she was keynote of our first year conference, and she talked a little bit about this. Um, first of all, this is a very challenging question to answer because there's so many variables, mm -hmm. there's so many factors, there's so many things that you would have to know before giving really good advice. Mm -hmm. And I think that most of the time, you know, you know, whenever you're asking for advice, it's, I, I'm really not saying, oh, this is what you need to do. I'm just trying to introduce ideas that feel right for you. And then you kind of broadcast those ideas. To, and when you're saying you, do you, are you talking the, about me? No, or no, the to, the, to the person asking okay. me. Mm -hmm. um, so the first, I guess the first comment I have when I get asked that question, because it happens Almost every single time you and I speak. And most of the time when you and I speak, it's 80% women and 20% men. And most of the time it's a woman saying, how do I get my husband to dot, dot, dot. Um, my first thing is it's really messy and it's not an easy question to answer. Um, but 
where I've arrived at, and I'll probably have another answer next week, and this might go deep, so mm -hmm. I'm going deep right away. I guess my question is, why is it important for your partner to be on the same path as you? Why is it important for your partner to read the same book or listen to the same podcast? Because it really shouldn't matter. Now, if your partner is not being kind or loving towards you, then you need to do certain things. But if your partner's awesome and just doesn't really, it's not into the same things that you are, the same books you are, the same podcasts you are, the same conferences you are, what do you care, mm -hmm. right? So I, I feel like that's the first thing. Like, can you love your partner despite the fact that they like to have completely different set of interests outside of what you're currently working on? And I'll take it a level deeper. So my question always is, what does it mean? I usually take this to one or two ways with people. What is your intention? Yes, like what good... You know, what is, when you, when someone says to me, um, which they say all the time, and even behind closed doors when I have one-on-one -on -one sessions with women, when I'm, you know, actually doing therapy with people or sessions with people, you know, what is it that you want? Want yes. Like, what's your intention here? And the question is, is what would it mean if they did do this? What do you think then would happen? Can we do something? So why don't you okay. ask me? Okay. Say, um, I'll say to you, um, how, how am I going to do this? Somebody asked me, I want my partner to listen to this podcast that you and Kathy did on emotional labor. And then the question would be why? And the answer is going to be because if he or she mm -hmm. listens to this podcast, then they will understand what I'm experiencing and their behavior will, will shift, shift mm -hmm. and make it easier for me to give back to this partner, to this family, to love this person because I now know that they're on the same page as I am. Okay, so stop right there for a second because this is a really, this is super, there, there's so many There's so many layers to this, okay? So the, the answer to that question or the, the feedback I would give is there could be some truth in there, mm -hmm. meaning there is a possibility your partner could listen to this podcast about emotional labor or about listening or about understanding somebody who's an empath or about the difference between men and women, whatever it may be. And it may open them up or help them understand you differently. That could be true. Yeah. But there's so many variables before that. Like one of the variables is how often do you talk to your partner about these things and bring it up authentically from your heart and not from Todd and my heart. Mm -hmm. Meaning this show is often about, it's not often about, it's always about our relationship, right? Yeah. Because what we have found is in relationship with each other, in relationship with our children, with our friends, with the world, that's how we develop spiritually, right? Yeah. Like, I can go read self-help books and do things on my own and gain some knowledge and maybe some new practices and I meditate on my own and spend time alone. But the truth is where we really grow, where we're, I, I'm going to use the word forced to grow, mm -hmm. is through relationship with others yep. because they are our mirrors. So my question is, yes, I would. it would be great if Todd and I were talking about something and it resonated with you and then your partner then understood and was like, oh, now I have different words for this. Right. But my question is, how often have you tried to relay this to them in your own heart-centered way? Because I just mentioned to you that I had gotten an email from someone a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. um, saying 
that she had a question. She wanted her, she wanted to tell her partner something that yep. was difficult. And this is, uh, I know that these people and they are, um, sorry, that was my phone. Um, and they are a lovely couple, yeah. right? Strong couple. Strong couple and lovely people. And she was saying that, you know, I would like to tell my partner something, but I'm kind of afraid to. And the thing that she wanted to tell him was so, and when I say this, I mean this with love, not a big deal. Yeah. Like she wanted to just tell him that sometimes he's not always showing up on time. Mm -hmm. And that can feel scary. Mm -hmm. And I, meaning that I had a moment of, why would that be scary to her to tell him that? So I direct that question, why do you, just guess, why would that be scary? Well, and I do know the answer as a therapist, okay. but inside of myself, I'm thinking that is the essential. You have to, and again, have to is the wrong word. Help me with words for a second. Let me, let me take a deep breath. One of the most valuable and influential things you can do in your relationship is to be honest about the way you're feeling and experiencing what your partner is bringing. Mm -hmm. At the very same time, and this is why it gets messy and deep, you have to take responsible responsibility for the energy you're bringing yeah. to, be, to make sure that you have clarity on what you're experiencing. Because a lot of times we do a lot of projecting on the people we love and we say, you're the problem, you're the problem, you're the problem when really maybe we're getting triggered by something that is ours and well, it's not that big of a deal, or it, that's the wrong words. It's we're being triggered by something and we're, we're saying it's the other person's fault when really it's ours to work on. What I want to come full circle about with this situation is that there is something that to me, the issue of not being on time is like, why wouldn't you just say this is hard for me? But it tells me for that person who's asking the question, there's something about that that's scary from her history. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's probably the good girl complex. Possibly. Don't make waves. Possibly. Yes, like people pleasing. People pleasing. Um, or I don't want to be, I don't want to rock the boat. Yep. I don't want to be a pain. I don't want to be considered a nag. Or you think, um, oh, well, he does so many things. I just need to get past this one. Correct. And because he does A, B, and C, this shouldn't bother me. And that's the voice that a lot of women have. Right. This should, and you know, men might too. Sure. This shouldn't bother me. Mm -hmm. And the question, the, the, the deep dive here is, but it does. Yes. And it tell the, tr and, and here's the most important point. It does bother you. So tell the truth about it inside. And then the quest is, is this my crap? Meaning, does it bother me because I haven't dealt with something? Or is this truly a disrespect of me, meaning an inability to see me and hear me? Mm -hmm. And it could be a mixture of both. I think between you and I. That's the messiness. That's the messiness. Between you and I, the things that I need to bring up to you all the time, like where I'm like, I really need to talk to you about something, or sometimes I'm a little more like humor filled about it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I need to share with you something that's bothering me. I always try and start by taking responsibility for my piece. Like I will say something to the effect of, I recognize that I can be easily triggered by not being heard. Because mm -hmm. that's, you know, if I feel like someone's talking over me or completely not listening to what I said, I have a very childlike response. So I take responsibility for that. But then I also say, but I want you to know that this thing you said triggered me more than usual. So I I'm... 
I we need to talk about that. Well, and I would say, um, forget about any specific examples. If there's a habit that your partner does continuously and you haven't brought it addressed up, it, addressed it, they don't know. Exactly. Or maybe you do it in a passive aggressive way where you're boxing that person into a corner where they have no no place other than to get defensive. And right. so that's talking about the context. Mm-hmm. That's talking about the how you say something. And that's where you're, you know, you started out like, what is my role? Right. And then after you address that, the second half of that is, how are you going to deliver this information? Because mm-hmm. if you, and it's hard to, because usually it happens when you're in a bad mood or something, you know, you're dating. You're, girl, you're angry. You're angry. Yeah. So it's that's, you know, self-awareness, it's mindfulness, that's breath work and everything else. So, um, you know, step one is take your own responsibility. You know, is this something that's truly um, a result of this habit, whatever right. this is, or is this something inside of you that's triggering and you're just projecting it out on that person? And now here's the most important thing, you guys. That doesn't say it is yours. Say that you're like, wow, I'm so easily triggered by this all the time and I always have been. That doesn't mean you don't speak up about right. it because part of spiritual healing, and I'm going to use that language, you know, and, and explain to you what I mean is a lot of times, um, what, what are their names? The Hendricks, um, Harville Hendricks and his wife, the work that they've always done for those of you who have read their books, uh, Linda Hendricks is, I think is his wife's name is about, we have our relationships growing up, right. Mm -hmm. And we have ways relate to each other. And a lot of times we are harmed in certain relationships because we feel unheard or we never spoke up or we had trauma, whatever it may be. And oftentimes we choose the partners we do to heal what we experienced earlier. Yeah. So what does that mean? To me, that means in relationship with Todd, I ha- and I'll just speak on my half and Todd can speak about his half. I have the opportunity to finally speak up and to say, because a lot of relationships in my life growing up, I didn't always say what I felt mm-hmm. because I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to offend. I didn't want to make anyone mad at me. I didn't want to be different. Um, I, d- I wanted everybody to, and, and this is family. This is peer relationships. This is previous relationships before Todd. I just want, like you said, it's a good girl thing. So now that I'm in a relationship with Todd, I get the opportunity to heal that by speaking up, even if it's mostly mine and only one fourth his, mm-hmm. his ability to hear what I have to say and value it and say, how can I support you? That not only takes care of our relationships and makes it and makes it more deeply intimate between you and I, it also allows that child in me to feel heard mm-hmm. and it heals, and again, when I say heals, I don't mean it wraps it all up nice in a bow. You're always going to have issues. You know, there's always going to be things, right. but it begins the healing process, or it's or it starts to soothe those parts of me from history that felt unheard. Right. I realize that that's what growth is. So, like from your side, Todd, like the relationship that you and I have, what. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. I don't know if you have a you know clarity about this, but what is it that you have learned through the conversations that we've had for the last 20 years? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's such a can of worms. Um, but I, what what from your history did you not do that you do now with me? Well, I don't. 
I think the the thing that's coming to me is that I did not, you know, I said so many times we knew each other really well when we got married. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a few girlfriends before that, but not very many. And I really, I, I knew that I was a good person, but I did not know how to, you know, nobody teaches you relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. You, we learn everything by what we see growing up. And, um, you know, like, uh, you know, the, you know, Mars, Venus stuff, like that doesn't get taught in schools. And it takes, first I had to learn it and then I had to practice it and fail at it. And I feel like what you and I do for one another is hold up mirrors to one another saying, you know, this is, this is what's happening with, with me right now. I feel like in any relationship, we are put together to learn about ourselves. Correct. Okay. So we came together because I need to learn about myself and in a way that I wouldn't be able to do it without you. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean there's times when people have to part ways. So it's not like every couple needs to stay together for the rest of their lives. I'm 99.999% 99.999% sure that you and I are going to be together 100%, whatever, you know. <laughs> well, but, and, and again, I know you're not done with that thought, but the thing is, is sometimes a person that we meet on the street for five minutes can change our Teach life right. and we may never see them again. Right. So to your point, this isn't about you have to, if someone teaches you something, then that means you're together forever. Mm-hmm. That there is what we're doing, you and I staying together is choice. Yes. Well, and what I've said to you so many times is the reason you and I have a strong relationship is because we work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the basis of today's podcast is about somebody coming up to saying, how do I get my partner to work on him or herself? And my invitation, you know, as I'm kind of having a better understanding of that question, I think my question, I think my return question is going to be like, can you love that person without him or her going on this path. And I wouldn't even push it to the other person. Can you just do this yourself and just for today or for this moment disconnect from they need to do it too? Right. Because really what you're saying is you're still having them focus on the other person. Can you love them? Can you love them? Mm -hmm. And, you know, instead it's can you love you? Mm -hmm. Can you show up in the best way possible for you in your self-interest because a lot of times and this got brought up again last night like Todd said Shafali was in town last night and one of the things that she was saying that I thought was very very true was a lot of times we and I've watched this and experienced this personally so we as and I'll talk about women we are intuitive right and we have a lot of um feeling about uh, how, you know, what we feel about people and what's happening and connection. And we already have all that depth and men can too. But again, I'm just, I work with women. I'm a woman. And then we get all this spiritual awareness from these books. And all of a sudden we think we're special. Not only are we intuitive, but we're so spiritually aware and you need to keep up with me and you need to read this. So, you know, the specialness and I'm kind of making fun of it having done it myself at certain times of my life, like I, you know, fully embrace that. And I watch people do that. And you are actually doing the opposite. You are pushing people away from you because you're telling them, I have something that you need to do. And you're not enough. And you're, 
Yes. And you're not really integrating the information if you're pushing it on other people. Right. Because if you really understood what you were reading and practiced it, you'd realize it has nothing to do with anybody else. And if you're listening to this podcast, and I include you and I in this statement, we've all listened to that podcast or read that book where we're viewing it through the lens of the person that's going to get it more. Correct. The person that needs to read this right. more than the people more than ourselves. Right. And I've done it. Like, oh my God, Kathy's got to listen to this because, no, sometimes it's just interesting and it has nothing to do with, I want you to learn something. It's right. like, I think you'd really be entertained by this. Like you'd be right. Re- this would resonate with you. Right. So go ahead. Well, this is the discussion even uh, Todd and I had the other night is we were talking about two uh, teachers, people we love, one of them being Byron Katie and one of them being Rob Bell. Um, and we were talking about their different styles. And in, in you may say, why were you comparing those two? It was because we had watched Rob Bell's uh, documentary called The Heretic, which is amazing, by the way, to me. I thought it was fantastic. You buy it on iTunes. Um, and we were talking about that. We were also talking about Byron Katie's method of um, delivering information and how or she- Or Shefali, for that matter. Yes, or how, yeah, exactly. Because I said, this reminds me- so. Just to kind of narrow it down, even though this isn't, I don't think Rob and uh, and Katie would necessarily say, yeah, that's exactly me. The conversation came to, are you creating a structure of what you're going to say? Because a lot of times Rob does a tour and he like has a presentation that's planned. He knows where he starts. He knows where he's going to go. I mean, I'm sure he leaves room for stuff, but he has a pretty good structure. He does, which is very typical of someone who has a speaking circuit. Like there's absolutely zero criticism I have of that. Like that's, that's not bad or good or in between it. He's excellent at what he does. Katie just walks in and says, I'm here. And so whatever comes is what's going to come. Now, this probably won't surprise you guys, but I tend to fall more toward Katie Mm -hmm. and Todd tends to fall more toward Rob. And that could be gender specific or it doesn't have to be because there's plenty of people on both sides. And we were having a discussion. Even I don't even think we were trying to figure out which one was better. We were just kind of like, you were kind of saying why your side is important. I was saying why my side is important. And I think the conclusion we came to after being annoyed at each other and then having humor about it was there is no right answer. No. There is zero right answer. No. Like, there sh- I, I, the way I am is who I am. The way I present is not formulaic. I'm not like, oh, I have this formula that I'm going to, but Todd likes structure and that makes him feel, that's not a negative thing. That's not, he's not spiritual. He, it makes him feel more, what's the word? I just feel like I'm going to be better at communicating to an audience if I have some structure. So you feel more confident. Yes. Because instead of saying I'm doing it for other people, what do you need from it? I get confidence that I know where I'm going and that whatever I have to say is going to get delivered in a better way because the more confident I am, the more that they'll believe it. And you are more organic and let, like, as long as you know where we're going to start. Correct. Then then, I'm fine. Then we just go. And I feel more confident when I don't know what I'm going to say, because when I walk into a situation thinking this is everything I'm going to say, I know that it's a disservice, I'm not, it's a disservice to the audience yeah. and to me because then not I'm, present. I'm going to keep trying to go back to these points instead of really saying what I feel. Mm-hmm. And and what I feel, and again, this gets kind of deep, um, but you know, walk with me for a second. I don't feel it's coming from me. Yeah. I feel like it's coming from something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And we all have that. That's not a special Kathy trick. We all know when that happens. For those of you who write, 
who you type something and you read it the next day and you go, where did that come from? Or you do a speaking engagement and then you said, where did that come from? You know, again, we've already talked about this little girl, but the little girl at the beginning of our conference, who, uh, for those of you who are at our conference, we played a video of this little girl talking to her mom about about her mom being nice to her dad and about everyone being happy and smiling. She speaks for about four minutes straight. And that was from her body, but that was not from her mind Mm -hmm. that came through her that was soul and heart and if you want to use the word god or universe or channeling i don't care what word you use she was an open vessel for truth and and sometimes sometimes things come easily and sometimes i i'm on a stage and i'm like i'm just going to use my brain on this one because nothing's coming through my heart i'm just going to use knowledge so i'm not saying it's always perfect you Mm -hmm. can't plan it yeah but I would like to leave space for it. Well, and I want to play a clip of her because oh, I, I found that. it. But before I do that, I want to talk to you about what's this? That's the Kind Bar Honey Oat. Honey Oat Breakfast. Um, so Kind Bar is one of our partners and they are a wonderful partner of ours. Um, what is Kind Bar? They are um, healthy snacks using whole ingredients that you can recognize and pronounce. And um, here's the deal. If you want to get free Kind Bars, and my name is Thrifty McSaves Ladder, at least my nickname is, um, go to kindsnacks.com slash zen. And what you get is 10 Kind Bars for free. All you got to do is pay the shipping and you'll receive monthly snacks at a discount and get members only bonuses. So we're big fans of that. And they also do a not for pro- not only for profit company in 2004 um, and what does that mean? Not only for profit companies. <clears throat> that's what they call it. Um, oh, okay. It is a uh, Kind Foundation. Okay. And they're always striving to balance commercial success with social impact. Kind Foundation supports causes all over the world. So we feel, Kathy and I feel very in alignment with good old Kind Do bars. you know that one's my favorite? The, really? The honey. Oh, yeah. Because it, I like the size of it. And I, that's, I. Yeah, it's tiny. It's, and it's very basic flavor for me. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's granola-ish to me. Yes, it's kind of, uh, yeah, exactly. No genetically engineered ingredients, it says here on the uh, mm-hmm. wrapping. So anyways, so that's our first partner. And then the other one is um, Health IQ. It's life insurance. I actually just canceled my life insurance with my previous company mm-hmm. because I'm now on board with Health IQ. Uh, and the reason I did that is because I'm saving a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And why am I saving money? Because they give discounts to people that live health conscious lives. And I feel like I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty good at that. Um, So they actually focus towards people like runners, cyclists, yogis, vegans, vegetarians to get low rates on their life insurance. Um, It's like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver. So this is what you need to do. Go to healthiq.com slash zen and you'll see if you can qualify uh, for um, a discount from what you're doing. So go to healthiq.com slash zen and just Thanks to both of our awesome partners. We've been working with them since January. We're going to be doing it for a while longer. And we're just, uh, if you're working with them longer than January, haven't we? um, Kind Snacks we did last year. Health IQ has been this year. Okay. So thanks for supporting our partners, all you awesome ZPR listeners. So, okay. So play this little girl. All of us can be nice too. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to do my best in my heart. Nothing else than that. I want you, Mom, my dad, everyone to be friends. I want everyone to be smiling. Not like being mad. I want everything to smile. Especially when I see someone, I want them to smile. Especially Nana, everyone. I want everyone to smile. 
And if that's for my dad and you, Mom, I think you can do it. I think you can settle your your mean your mean heights down a little to short heights. Then it's both. Okay? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be a bully. I'm trying to be steady. Mm. Okay, that goes three and a half minutes, but there's wisdom in every single phrase that every she single uses. Phrase. And I love her words because they're child words. Okay, so go deep with me, you guys here. It goes soul with me. She is relaying a universal message through childhood words. Okay, because she she's a child mm-hmm. and she's getting the feelings of what she wants to say. And it's coming through her. And she's using the language that makes sense to her to explain it. I think that is the, that's what I love about listening to different people speak. If it be children, if it be, you know, you know, people who are much older than us, you know, our parents' age or it, teenagers, is they're using their language to express something that we're all trying to, to understand. Mm-hmm. And we all, so that's the thing is like you... She had, she created space and, you know, this is the thing about kids. It's not like she like made the decision. I'm going to create space and say something amazing to my mom. She just, this is where children are all the time. Right. They're truth tellers. Until we mess them up. Right. Well, until we say to them, don't talk to me like that. Mm. Or until we, if we are not clear about our own triggers and why, how do I even say this? If a child says something to us that offends us, the question is, is that theirs or is that mine? Right. Because the being offended may not really be because they said it, but because it's something we believe about ourselves that we haven't healed and work and looked at. Yeah. You just made me look at myself in a yes. way that I wasn't ready. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. You just made me look at myself. You just told the truth about me and I don't want to hear it. Because it makes me uncomfortable. Because it makes me sad and I don't want to deal with this pain. And I don't want to be sad because being sad is bad. Exactly. And I don't want to be angry because being angry is bad. And one thing that we tell parents and ourselves when we talk to our kids is we just want them to be whole. There's no good or bad emotion. Every emotion has value, including frustration and anger and sadness. Like there is something to be learned about ourselves every single time we're joyful or happy or sad or mad or frustrated. It's an indicator of what's going on. And it gives you, it's an invitation to look at oneself. And our kids are people that constantly invite us to look at ourselves. And all those emotions that Todd just mentioned, it's called the human condition. There is nobody, for people who are like, I don't feel pain or I don't get sad. I call BS. Of course you do. You have just put up a defensive system or you have pushed it down so far that you're incapable of looking at it or feeling it. But to say, I, human being, do not feel pain or sadness. Are you kidding me? Like, of course you get angry because that's called being human. But a lot of us have put up barriers so we don't have to feel it because we think it's too scary. And let me tell you something. It, it can be scary. One of the reasons that I think it's important to share our experiences authentically. Okay, I'm going to back up for a second. Sometimes when I see teachers share their story, um, they they do it from a place of I'm filled with so much joy, do what I do, and you will never be sad again. And look at how amazing my life is. And look at me and look at me and look at me. And I, 
I honor that that they're having wonderful things happen, but the true human condition is everything. Like if you are really sharing of yourself, and it doesn't mean you have to tell everybody everything about your life. It's not like you need to tell everybody all the time when you're sad or in pain, but it is good to share the normalcy of being human, which is sometimes I judge. And when I judge, here's the tools I've used to not react from that judgment or, you know, for, you know, last couple podcasts when I, you know, cause I was so sick in January, I felt a lot of anxiety and you know what I needed to do? I needed to ask for help mm-hmm. because I did feel so much pain that I realized I couldn't do it alone. Right. That's the truth. It's not because sometimes when you have pain, you do th- say to yourself, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right because you need help. You need support. It's not that you can't do it, meaning that you won't get through it. It's that you need more. You need you need to ask people to help you because that is what we're here for, is we are here to experience pain with each other right. and joy with each other and sadness with each other. We don't we are not isolated. We we are hardwired neurobiologically and spiritually and to connect. So when you're like, I don't think I can do this, listen to that advice. You can't, but you can with help. Yes. And if that be, and when I say you can't, what I mean is that's the indicator that you reach out. It's not that you won't get through it. It's that you need some help to get through it. Right. That's the key. Well, and in order to seek out help, you need to be open to vulnerability. You need to be honest. Which is, you know, we talked talk about Brene Brown and all that. Would you know, it's one of her foundational ideas is vulnerability. But I want to get back to the topic of this podcast. Okay. So one thing I pulled out of Shafali's talk last night. Because there's a woman that asked a question about, you know, what do I do when my kid's having a temp- temper tantrum? Right. And her answer was so interesting because Shafali's like, I don't know. Like there's yes. a million different things Absolutely. you could do. So when these questions get asked to us about how do I get my partner to dot, 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 there's a million different things that we can say. Like sometimes it's you have to look inward. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to ask your partner. You Maybe you're not up. asking. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's so important to you that you say, listen... There's a podcast that I listen to, or there's a book that I read that is really important, and I want to I want to share it with you, but I know it's not your thing. What is you know? And this is transactional. I'm owning that. What is something like? Do you want me to go to a basketball game with you? Like I'll do this for you if you do that. Like you know, there's a million different ways to get to where you want to go, and there's no right answer. If this doesn't work, try something different. And like I said, I know what I just. Um, communicated was transactional. Like it's, and we talk about not being in transactional relationships, but sometimes you're like, I don't want to listen to stupid podcast, but because I love you and you're willing to make uh, a sacrifice for me, sacrifice for me, I'll do it. So there's a million different ways. And we can look at that as a starting off point. I mean, everything, because sometimes we are in this this place where we are completely non-transactional and we're just loving for the sake of right. loving. And sometimes because we're human, we fall back to 
will you do this for me so I can do this for you? Like what we were just talking about with the um, dishwasher mm-hmm. and putting boxes in the attic. Like you and I have made some decisions about this is yours, this is mine. Yeah. So some people could call that transactional. Right. Because I'm like, if you do that, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And you and I have communicated that enough to each other so we know who belongs to what. Like yeah. just on a very it's like- It's called running a household. It is like on a parenting level. Like the girls, my three girls share a bathroom. And that bathroom was a disaster constantly. Now, I didn't have to use it, so a lot of times I would just walk by it. Finally, I'm like, you know what? We got to figure out some transactions in this bathroom. Who's in charge of refilling the to- you know, the toilet paper? Who's in charge of getting the clothes off the floor? And who's in charge of putting the towels in the laundry? Yeah. And now they rotate. Yeah. So is that transactional or is that ownership? And is that like, like what word? But to your point, the thing that you're trying to say is... You, Every situation is different because something that worked on Tuesday, and when I'm I'm putting the word worked in quotes, Mm -hmm. something that you found progress in on Tuesday, on Friday may not have an impact. And you have to be able to do a little improv and say, okay, wait, what's different today? Oh, he's more tired today. And what I'm asking of him, he doesn't have the energy to have this deep conversation with me right now. You know, the the example that Todd always uses, but it's a good metaphor, is don't ask me to have a deep talk five minutes before the Super Bowl. Mm. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. You know, if, I've, if I'm exhausted or I feel like I'm getting the flu, don't say to me, right now I need to have this really intense conversation yeah. with you. Or are you acting out of anger? Because right. when you're angry, odds are it's not going to come out right. Intention. So do you have the awareness to know I am below the line right now? Mm-hmm. And the only way that this is going to work out well is if I, one, know that I'm below the line, which is, and below the line means you're an ego, you're frustrated, you're triggered, you're projecting. mad, you're projecting. The first thing is, do you know that you're below, because most of the time when we're angry, we don't even know we're angry. Right. The anger has has taken control of us. Right. So we talk about, you know, mindfulness practices to check in with yourself, to find out where you are, because if you're mad at your wife or your husband and you're trying to have an effective communication with them, it's probably not going to happen when you're in a state of anger. And you're not going to get what you you may say, well, I feel better Mm -hmm. because I yelled at them and I told them what they needed to hear and blah, blah, blah. And I won. But you guys know the long-term implications of that that as a breakdown of your relationship. Yeah. You'll feel relieved because what you just did was discharge your anger. You, you basically were feeling so much pain, you discharged it and projected it on somebody else. So the reason you feel relief is you got it out of your body, mm-hmm. but you gave it to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. There is no person to give it to. You need to process that and release that and let that go in a way that doesn't harm other people. So maybe you don't have the wherewithal to be able to go from below the line to above the line and have this contextual loving communication device, most of us don't have that ability. But maybe we can know that I'm not in a good position to be talking about this right now. So I'm just going to go watch TV or I'm going to go meditate or I'm going to go lay down. Or or if you are going to speak out of anger from a projected standpoint, at least say, I'm totally triggered. I just want you to know that I'm not myself right now and I'm totally triggered. Like that would... um, 
deflate some of the air out of the balloon. And if triggered sounds too clinical to you guys, or it sounds too like much like jargon, I'm annoyed. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've been saying to Todd all week. Um, so we had the conference last weekend and then, um, Sunday we were cleaning. I actually took a nap, but we were cleaning up and then the, and then the week starts. My kids have school. I have to work. I have to teach. It's not like Todd and I then went to, you know, on a vacation. Aruba. And, you're right. And we were like, hey, now let's, you know, bask in the in the glory of being done. It starts all over again. Like I, we had to sign another contract for next year. I'm trying to find speakers for next year. And I'm doing all the regular mom work stuff I do. So I've been saying to Todd, I need some space because I can feel myself being <laughs> filled, like where I haven't been able to release the energy from the weekend. I haven't been able to relax. I haven't had enough quiet. Now, here's what's interesting. Todd and I have had these conversations long enough that I can't think once, and maybe I took responsibility for it and that's why, but you haven't said to me once this week, how can I make that happen for you? And sometimes I, I need that help, but this week I just wanted you to know I felt that way. And I think I even said a few times, but I'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. I don't need you to do anything. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to share with the person, my, my best friend here, I have not relaxed yet since last weekend and I'm feeling overwhelmed. And his response of, yeah, I understand is enough. Yeah. Sometimes when I say that, I really need his help. Like, can you come home early or can you please not go out on Saturday because I need some time to myself. But I have to be clear about what my intention is when I'm saying it to him. Because we are not mind, mind readers. readers right. Our partner does not, we don't have a sign on our foreheads saying, I'm frustrated and I just need you to listen to me. We don't have a, something on our forehead that says, I'm frustrated and I need you to help me solve this problem. Right. So we, if we are in that state where we're, either need validation or problem solving, we got to say, this is what I need right now. And mm -hmm. it's really hard to do that. It's it not is. an easy thing. It is. And because it's vulnerable, because here's the thing, if we play the passive aggressive thing mm -hmm. and we never really say how we feel, then we think we're protecting ourselves from being hurt because we're like, well, you, it's kind of like, okay, uh, let me give this analogy. So for those of you who are at the conference, you heard Milk say, she was our uh, one of our keynotes and she's a, you know, a singer, she's an artist. She talked about how when she was on The Voice, she, she, she was on The Voice and she sang a song in a way that wasn't a way she would normally sing it. And she was rejected. They didn't turn around. And she obviously learned the deep lesson of I'm never going to sing not like myself again because the next time I get rejected, I wanted it. I, I need to know lose, it was about me. Yeah, right. It's the same thing in life, in a relationship, is a lot of times we try and sing in a different way. And then if we get rejected, we're like, well, at least I'm protected. But they're not even really seeing you. Right. They don't even really know who you are. And that is a lot of times my friends who have gotten divorced um, or have a relationship has ended or a friendship has ended. Basically, at the end, once they kind of come to awareness about it, they're like, I never really even showed up as myself in that relationship. Right. And that that can, so you think you're protecting yourself and protecting your partner, but really your inability to say, this is who I am and this is what I feel is what led to the demise. Right. And to Todd's point, it does take a lot of vulnerability. It is nerve wracking. There is not a time, even though it's gotten easier, I don't get a joy out of saying, hey, Todd, I'm struggling. Isn't this fun? Or, hey, Todd, what you just said offended me. I don't enjoy that. Mm -hmm. But what I know for sure is that it's essential 
for our relationship, for me to A, either share something that I'm struggling with and and allowing my friend Todd to support me, or B, letting Todd know that something he did or said is harming the way I feel. Would it be appropriate at all to play that clip from Oprah that you posted on her Facebook page about being yourself? So good. It's 90 seconds, but it's really good. So hang on. What's some advice you would give girls who look like me who want to make a change or be the change in the world? Well, I have that advice for girls who look like you and for girls who don't, because the advice is really the same. The, The highest honor on earth that you will ever have is the honor of being yourself. And your only job in the world is to figure out, that's what this movie is about. Your only job in the world, people think your job is to get up and go and raise money and take care of your family and stuff. That That's an obligation that you have, but your only true job as a human being is to discover why you came, why you are here. And every one of us has an internal guidance, a GPS, an intuition, a heart Uh, print, a heart song that speaks to us. And your only job is to be able to listen and discern when it's speaking versus your head and your personality speaking. And if you follow that, you will be led to the highest good for you, always. That's why all the voices of the world mean nothing if your voice is in alignment with all the voices of the world. Oh, my God. Oops. She's like... She brought it. She's just like the wise the wise person that we all need reminding us, taking us down. Because we ask these questions on this like surfacy plane. And not because we're surfacy people, but because we're trying to solve this like problem immediately. When the reason we're having this issue on the surface is way below. Yeah. Do you guys, can you guys envision what I'm saying? Like we're, we're like, how do I get my child to do blah, blah, blah? How do I get my partner to do blah, blah, blah? And that is the surface question. The questions that are underneath it are really what you have to give your energy to. The why am I asking for that? What is my intention? Why am I triggered by this? Why does that bother me? Is it because I want the rest of the world to perceive me a certain way? Is it because, you know, because here's something really important that Todd and I have been talking about that can be hard to hear. And that is that, first of all, Every relationship has hope, meaning that there's not, there's no like, oh, if that happened, you'll never make it. Or if your partner is this way, then it's, you know, you're never going to survive. But there are some partnerships or friendships that are, that were initially built on the wrong things Mm -hmm. and they may not work out. They might, people could change or shift or you could evolve together. So there is no absolute, but sometimes when, like uh, the example I gave Todd or that he and I have been discussing is relationships that I had previous to Todd, one of them was an emotionally abusive relationship. I don't think we could have resolved or grown together. And it could have never worked because what what our foundation was, was me allowing emotional abuse. And when I say allowing, I'm not blaming myself. I'm just saying at the time, I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, when you know better, you do better. I just, you know, I stayed and and I once I had support and help, but if I would have stayed longer, if I would have never, if I would have built a life with this person, I don't know if we could have ever expanded beyond. Do you see what I mean? It may not have worked out. Is it fair to say that if you didn't, you 
are you stronger as a result of that experience? Absolutely. And that's the thing is the, the point I, another piece of that puzzle is that when, even though I had known Todd already, when Todd and I got back together, <laughs> I think I've shared this story before, but it's, it's just so part because everything's pop culture to me after or while I was in that emotional relationship or that challenging relationship, I remember going to see Titanic and relating to Kate Winslet's character when she was in this relationship with someone who was so suffocating Mm -hmm. and like sobbing in the movie. And, you know, as Todd and I always joke, I, I saw the movie like three times in the theater. One time I saw it in Florida with all of these senior citizens and I was in the bathroom sobbing and all these like grandma women were like, honey, are you okay? But I was relating to her, but knowing that there was a Jack Dawson Mm -hmm. that could be available to me, that I wanted a friend. I didn't want to be suffocated. I didn't, even if this person had this, that, or the other, or they looked good on paper, I wanted a friend. And so when Todd and I got back together, it was like Jack Dawson, not in a movie way, but like, here's my friend. And I'm so glad that- you never, we never had to be in icy water together. God, we had I think to how choose. cold. I mean, I know people died and everything, but that's just awful. I know, and that that scene is awful at I the know. end of Titanic. Not to ruin it for you guys, <laughs> seen it, but and people are always like, there was enough room for both of them on that piece of wood, and I don't think there was. They tried like several times, and it would sink. My point is, is Todd's not really Jack Dawson, but that feeling is what. So, but if I would have been with Cal. Could Cal have ever Cal, evolved? that's Billy Zane, right? Yeah, like maybe that would have just never worked. And so my point is, is that sometimes people are like, if I give my partner this book. Oh, here it is. I love you, Jack. <laughs> this is horrible. Don't you do that. <laughs> Don't you say your goodbyes. Not yet. Do you understand me? I'm so cold. Listen, Rose. You're going to get out of here. You're going to go on. And you're going to make lots of babies. And you're going to watch them grow. You're going to die an old, an old lady, warm in her bed. Oh, that's so interesting. Not here. Not this night. Not like this. Do you understand me? Is that good? Yes. So that's Sorry. so interesting because that's exact. I'd never picked up on that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Welcome to Zen Parenting Radio, everybody. Home of the downers. Well. The, but yeah, she died in her bed, right? She died in her bed, warm in her bed, and she had all those babies and she was 100. But Jack has a lot of wisdom. He did. And, and he the lived thing is, life. He was just fun to be. You just want to be with them. And that's, that's you. Like I, I just want to be with me. I just want to be with you. And here's the thing. You and I together were that. Yes. Because you could have been with somebody else and not been fun mm-hmm. because that person didn't want you to be that way. Right. And I had been with people who didn't think I was funny at all. Right. Like they were like, there's this great um, song by Taylor Swift called Begin Again. Okay. And I, I, unfortunately, I think she wrote it about Jack or Jake Gyllenhaal. Why is it unfortunate, Because sweetie? he's like my guy and like my number one guy, um, besides you, of course. Right, sweetie. of course. Of course. But there's this line in Begin Again where she's talking about, you know, the guy I was with before never thought I was funny. And you laugh. Turn the lock and put my headphones on. He always said he didn't get this song, but I do. Is that the line? I 
Not yet. But keep, it's a great song. Keep it going. Walked in expecting you'd be late, but you got here early and you stand and wave. I walked to you. You pull my chair out and help me in, and you don't know how nice that is, but I. Please give me the stop sign. It makes me cry. I, it's like a... Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! Why are you crying, sweetie? It's just a very... um, Like, I know exactly what she's talking about. Like, when you... And it doesn't even just have to be in a love relationship like ours, but when you've been with people who don't see you at all mm. and they don't love you for who you are and they want to make you be something and then you and then I would be with you and like I could dance and fall and sing and just be myself who I was with my friends and it was all exactly how it's supposed to be and you and I would be like oh wait I I am funny like w when you're with certain people they make you feel like you're not. Well, or... what's so interesting about what you just said, and I don't, I hope this doesn't come out sideways, okay. but the topic of this show started out with when one partner comes to us and says, how do I get my other partner to do it? And you can interpret that as saying, partner, you're not enough as you yeah. are. So just be careful. I think that's all I want to say to everybody yeah. is like when, uh, when you're trying to get your partner on board with whatever it is you're doing, that there is a possibility of an interpretation of that saying, honey, you don't love me. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. So, and it's messy. There's gray. Right. There's no right answer. But consider that when you're trying to, if somebody out there is trying to force an idea to on their partner, it could be interpreted by that partner saying, you don't like me enough as I am. And th and this is why it gets so messy because you've heard all these examples that Todd and I have given. Sometimes it's speaking up. Sometimes it's taking care of yourself. Sometimes it's the foundation wasn't healthy in the first place. And does that mean it's over? No, but the foundation has to be dealt with. Yeah. You, you can't deal with the surfacey issues. You got to go back to the foundation and what it was based on. Sometimes it's not saying something because you realize you're just being critical because of your own stuff. Yes. And sometimes it's so speaking up because you realize you're not being heard and that, so do you guys understand there is no answer? There's no right answer to parenting, to relationships, to anything. And it is, and so then you say, okay, then what the hell do I do? Yeah. Moment by moment that one of our our signs at the conference or one of the things that Todd and I talked about was do the next right thing. Yeah. In this situation, in this moment, it may be to not say anything because of where you are, right. or it's five minutes before the Super Bowl, or the kids are in the car. 10 minutes later, the next right thing may be to Something say different. no yeah. or to say yes. And so you say, well, how do I know? You got to learn how to listen to the inside of you. 
And you, you have to hear you. And when you do whatever you do, you'll learn from that experience exactly. too. It might have the result you were hoping or it might not. And if it doesn't, look and say, what can you do differently? Or how can you bring a different energy to the conversation? Or can you stand up for yourself stronger? Or can you pull back and know that it's not about that person and you're projecting? It's all that stuff. But we're an hour and two minutes in, sweetie. All right. Well, the you know, just to, to sum this up, like I feel like this is a discussion that well, I, I can't sum it up. Basically, that's what I'm saying is there is no final answer. But what you can have faith in, you guys, is yourself. Like instead of saying, I need my partner to be this for me, I need them to do this for me. I need, if, if I got this from them, I would have everything I need. Do that for yourself. Take care of you. Listen to you. Honor who you are. Starts there. And if you do that then numerous possibilities open up. I can't say to you, okay, and then your relationship will be fixed. Correct. I can't say to you, okay, then your kid will never rebel. Yep. That's Anybody who does tell you that, they're lying to you. Yeah. But the possibility for all these things has just expanded yeah. tremendously. And not only that, but when you feel good about who you are and you trust who you are, everything you see in the world is different. You. Your whole your set of glasses changes. So a lot of the things you think may be problems, poof, yeah. disappear. So that's it. Um, I want to give a shout out to Team Zen. Team Zen is something that Kathy and I do. Uh, we have about 60 members on Team Zen. And we do two private Zen Talks a month, for, only for people that are on the team. And it's basically a virtual get together. Yeah, well... It's a great crew of people yeah. who are amazing and who are practicing all these things we talk about with us because yeah. we're practicing too. And then we all normalize each other and validate each other. And we just had our last one last Friday, and this is what we talked about. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Um, one mom asked uh, about dealing with cabin fever due to snow days, and she was pulling her yes, hair out a little yes. bit. And felt bad about and that then she was pulling her hair out. The, we're next, like, yeah. the next mom said the shame spiral when you have a bad morning with your kids. Yeah. Reoccurring theme on uh, you know Team some Zen. questions. One was a really interesting question. Uh, there's a sensitive son that got cut from a hockey team mm -hmm. and uh, he took it really hard mm -hmm. and he got sad and he said he wanted to quit mm -hmm. and she needed some support yeah. and how to navigate through that. And then the last one is how to deal with your kids when you feel like you have nothing left to give, which is sometimes every day. Every day, yeah. Um, but we're also announcing kind of a book club for Team Zen members. Mm -hmm. We're going to be kind of using Byron Katie's book called Loving What Is as the backdrop for our communications via Facebook, because there's a private Facebook page, um, our Zen Talks. Um, so we're going to kind of read that slowly together over the next month or two. And again, as we always say, you don't have to do that. No. But for those of you that want to be on Team Zen and you want to like have a, a new tool or like practice something, because a lot of times we read books and we're like, oh, that's so cool. But we don't then take this yeah. stuff and practice it. Um, Plus there's something to knowing that you're reading a book with this community yes. where you guys can ask questions and make comments and everything else. So if you're interested in Team Zen, it's 25 bucks a month. Go to our website, zenparentingradio.com, and you'll find something on Team Zen. So. I wanted to, I thought of something this morning, Todd, that I wanted to share before you close everything down. 
So I think we'll probably spend a podcast talking about the movie Black Panther because we saw it last week and it, it is deserving of a big discussion. It's such a good movie. So for those of you who have not seen Black Panther yet, go see it. There are so many layers of self-observation and world observation and truth. Um, I just loved it and cried through the whole thing. And the one thing that I realized you and I have been talking about, um, the differences between you and I, and you, you're sometimes hard on yourself because you don't feel like you feel enough. Yep. And I'm sometimes hard on myself because I feel so much. Yep. And the truth is we came in this way and yep. it's part of the reason we're together. But I realized that we're both superheroes and that you are like Wonder Woman and her shield. Mm-hmm. Like that shield is like... Bullets can you go mean her off. Bracelets. Yeah, no, no. Well, her bracelets. But do you remember her shield Does when she she's shield? crossing the? Oh yeah, she has a shield. Remember when she's oh, crossing? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and she and her bracelets too. But she can hold that thing up, yeah. and bullets do not hit her. Yeah. and that shield is for good. Yeah. Okay. And Todd can take a lot. Oh yeah. Without being brought down, my superhero strength is I'm like Black Panther. That any energy uh, that I absorb all the energy mm-hmm. of the world. It, for those of you who see who've seen Black Panther, if Black Panther experienced anything like got hit or shot or kicked or whatever, his suit would absorb the energy. Mm-hmm. And then he had to decide how he was going to use that energy and when. It was built into It was built into the suit. transferred into and would have to get Ex- expelled, expelled out. So, and he would kind of have to choose when yeah. that was going to happen. So that is me, is that I absorb a lot of energy from the world and from people and from my own experiences. And I have to choose how I'm going to expel that. Like, is it going to be, a you know, projecting it on other people in a negative way? Or is it going to be like, let's share this for the good and let's yeah. talk about it. And, and, and how do I do this in a healthy way? And so we're both, we both have superhero powers. Don't you think? Come on, Forrest. Sorry I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. No, Forrest. Forrest. He was they he he didn't mean to do what he was doing. Is that Mr. Gump? Mrs. Gump. Well, so do does that make sense? Yeah, I like it, sweetie. I'm Wonder Woman. And I'm Black Panther in yeah. that way. And again, that's the thing is like we We've got to find, look at ourselves. And I have an invisible jet. And I have an I amazing am... country and family. And, and I I just, that movie. Oh yeah, my but gosh. I have a lasso that makes you tell the truth. Well, let's just call these pieces of ourselves rather no, than I all of be, who we are. You'll be Black Panther and I'll be Wonder Woman. Well, and again, let me say that the point I'm trying to make is sometimes the things that we think are our weaknesses mm-hmm. are our strengths. Yep. And if you can find, I do it through pop culture, but if you can find ways to shift the way you look at what you have, then it changes your perception of yourself. Well, and we could talk another hour about this, but we tend to look at the, you know, it's so funny. Like, I feel like one of my pieces of baggage is that I'm not emotional enough when really that is something that serves me because I can handle a lot of different things. things. Mm -hmm. So I'm shaming the part that is my strength. Right. Um, it just depends on what lens I'm looking at it and through. And that's exactly, and like I already said, that's what I do is sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel this and I feel this and I feel this. And I'm like, I, you know, oh, this is, huh. And the truth is that is the gift that I came in with. And the ability to feel is what 
makes me who I am. And so the that is what allows me to give and feel joy and to be connected to people. So that is, and yeah, sometimes that comes. So in the back and forth chat is sometimes I my situation comes with pain mm-hmm. because I feel too much. And sometimes you feel like you don't feel enough joy. Yeah. And there, so there's a back and forth. Um, it's not a perfect thing, but I would... Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. <laughs> that it is, Edward. That it is indeed. Speaking of pop culture, yes, all right, everything. I got to pee really bad. <laughs> sure, everybody's glad. Yeah. So um, thanks for for being here with us. Uh, it's an hour and 10 minutes. Yes, maybe. so maybe you need to split, not literally split it up, but someone may say half... I'll listen to this on the car ride there and I'll listen to the rest on the car ride home. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry it went so long, but sometimes we get rolling. Have a good week, everybody. Keep oh, uh, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. We love them. They're our partner. Go to chirotree.com. And Jeremy Kraft, who's at the conference, he's a bald-headed beauty. Go to avidco.net. He's awesome. Keep talking. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Remember, you can subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask Kathy and I questions live. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page. We have a book club and get discounts on everything that we have to offer. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? I have good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You choose. First session is free. And if you're in Chicagoland, contact me about the tribe. It's a men's group, and it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by going through the Amazon link under Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you a thing, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Finally, I want to give special thanks to our two foundation partners, the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thank you for your love and support and keep on trucking.